Welcome to the Willing to Listen South Bruce Proud podcast. Willing to Listen is a grassroots volunteer group based in South Bruce, Ontario, that is dedicated to thoroughly investigating multiple aspects of Canada's proposed deep geological repository for spent nuclear fuel. I'm Sheila Wittick, and I'm so excited to have you join me as we delve into this controversial project. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different than what I normally would do. There has recently been a paper put out by Dr. Jeremy Whitlock um, in response to the ongoing conversation about abandonment and stewardship. And his paper is in response to that conversation. And it kind of it gives his perspective on why geological repositories are actually stewardship. And the proposed rolling stewardship solution is actually abandonment. So it kind of flips that conversation on its head. Um, so what I'm going to do um, for the sake of time and for so that everyone has the concept of what we're going to talk about, um, I'm going to read through the paper from Dr. Whitlock. And then my next episode is me interviewing Jeremy about his paper and why he chose to write it and getting his perspective on the whole thing. So I will link the paper in the comments or description of the podcast so you can follow along or take a better look yourself or check his references if you'd like, whatever floats your boat. Uh, So we'll just get right into the paper here. So it's called Deep Geological Repositories for Used Nuclear Fuel, Stewardship or Abandonment by Dr. Jeremy Whitlock. Today, many countries that generate nuclear electricity are developing or plan to develop a deep geological repository, DGR, for the long-term isolation of used nuclear reactor fuel from the biosphere. The DGR concept involves deep entombment of the used nuclear fuel in stable rock formations for millennia, reflecting both state-of-the-art science and engineering, as well as several aspects of nature's own geological repositories for concentrated radioactive material. For example, the high-grade uranium ore deposits in the Athabasca Basin of Western Canada, over a billion years old. The first operational DGR will be located in Finland, now in the final stages of licensing prior to accepting used nuclear fuel from that country's reactors. In Canada, the Nuclear Waste Management Organization, NWMO, is nearing the end of a lengthy process to select a suitable site for a DGR. Some criticism of the DGR concept labels it as abandonment of the used nuclear fuel once the emplacement period is concluded and favors instead the concept of rolling stewardship or continual and indefinite surface storage and monitoring. This essay examines the case for both rolling stewardship and geological repositories and concludes that the facts point to the opposite being true. Rolling stewardship, in fact, represents abandonment of our long-term obligation for managing used nuclear fuel, while geological repositories represent long-term stewardship. We first summarize the challenge presented by used nuclear fuel in terms of ensuring long-term safety, then address how both rolling stewardship and DGRs address this challenge. The challenge of used nuclear fuel. Used nuclear fuel refers to the reactor fuel, usually uranium-based, that has been removed from a reactor following its period of service. It's called used since, in addition to containing all of the radioactive waste products from its time in the reactor, it still contains a significant amount of potential energy that could be extracted, a hundred times more, using advanced reactor designs and waste reprocessing techniques. Depending on the details of this advanced technology, much of the long-term radioactive waste products would potentially also be destroyed in the process of normal operation. 
Since this advanced technology is not yet commercially available, and uranium resources are reasonably abundant, many countries with nuclear programs have adopted a two-pronged approach consisting of 1. Safely storing used nuclear fuel in surface facilities that can last hundreds of years, and 2. Developing, at the same time, a long-term solution that addresses the time period during which the used nuclear fuel remains a significant hazard. In terms of both the radioactive and chemical content of the used nuclear fuel, this time period is essentially forever. There is nothing unusual about this length of time. It describes the period that almost every other toxic waste product of our industries remains toxic. There are several key differences with used nuclear fuel, however, which explain why it tends to receive more attention, namely its high radioactivity, availability, and manageable size. Used nuclear fuel is highly radioactive. This means that in addition to being chemically hazardous, chiefly as a heavy metal that can damage the kidneys, it is also radioactively hazardous. Initially, and for several hundred years, this radioactivity is the primary hazard and requires both substantial shielding and careful handling. Due to the nature of radiation, its hazard decreases with time, and after a few hundred years, the main risk to humans becomes internal uptake rather than external exposure. Therefore, for most of the lifetime of the used nuclear fuel, shielding is not as important as measures that keep it out of the drinking water and food cycle. At this point, the goal is similar to that of many chemical toxins. Indeed, although the radioactive hazard of used nuclear fuel decreases slowly with time, its chemical toxicity, as with other waste forms, continues forever. Used nuclear fuel is all in one place. It is not dispersed to the atmosphere or waterways through normal operation. This is, of course, a good thing, but a waste product that doesn't go anywhere must also be responsibly handled and stored. For the nuclear industry, this means surface facilities with some impressively high-tech, robust arrangements for continued safe storage and monitoring, which are dependent upon continual institutional controls, typically with a safety analysis envelope looking ahead several hundred years. Reassessment and replacement or refurbishment of the containment approach will be needed at some point in this time frame. Used nuclear fuel is small in volume. Uranium contains gram for gram millions of times more potential energy than any chemical source, and this means that even a lifetime of operation of nuclear energy generates a relatively small amount of used nuclear fuel. Relatively small, combined with being all in one place, as just discussed, translates directly to manageability. The number of used nuclear fuel containers will be in the thousands, which seems large, but is an entirely manageable task over several decades. These unique aspects of used nuclear fuel its radioactivity, localization, and compactness are simultaneously what draws society's attention, possibly more than any other waste form, and what provides a unique opportunity to do something about it. In short, we have a long-term plan for used nuclear fuel because we should, and we can. What long-term means? As soon as you decide to address the actual long-term risk of any waste material, you need to remove all institutional controls from the equation, i.e. the humans. This is because we will not be around forever, at least in the location where the waste is stored. For example, one thing that we know will happen in the relatively near future, compared to the life of our waste materials, is glaciation. As figure one shows, you can see figure one if you click on the link in the description, roughly every 100,000 years our planet drops in temperature and much of the continental landmass in the northern latitudes become covered in ice up to four kilometers thick. To say this ice destroys everything in its path would be an understatement. It reshapes the landscape, 
grinding off several meters of the surface and scattering it around the continent as glacial till. Much of this glacial till is molded into today's familiar landforms by the torrents of water from the glacier's eventual melting. The erosion from this melting also leaves behind valleys and lakes where there were none before. Clearly glaciation is a wiping the slate clean event that leaves nothing behind on or several meters below the area of the Earth's surface that it impacts. The most recent of these glaciations peaked roughly 20,000 years ago and is directly responsible for much of the striking scenery of Canada today. As globally catastrophic as glaciations are, of course, there are a number of other aspects that also must be addressed in a long-term strategy for any form of waste. For example, structural decay, erosion, corrosion, etc., weather events, seismic events, social developments, an incursion of plants and animals, and all of these must be accommodated in the long-term strategy without relying upon ongoing human intervention. Geological repositories versus rolling stewardship. Around 50 years ago, at the dawn of significant growth of nuclear electricity generation worldwide, several countries, including Canada, decided to take on the above challenge of finding a long-term solution for used nuclear fuel. As a result, today, used nuclear fuel is probably the only waste material that has a true long-term plan, largely due to its unique characteristics as described above. For any type of waste, there are two fundamental choices for such a long-term plan. Destroy it completely or deal with it appropriately. As mentioned earlier, destroying used nuclear fuel by recycling it in advanced reactors would, potentially, lead to significantly more energy production. This may be a commercial possibility someday, but for the foreseeable future, a practical solution is needed. Practicality also rules out a few other suggested strategies, such as shooting the waste into space or the sun. Amongst the countries addressing this issue, the most popular strategy for appropriate dispositioning of used nuclear fuel is deep geological repositories. The packaging of used nuclear fuel in robust containers designed to last hundreds of thousands of years, the duration of the hazard, and in placing these deep underground in rock formations with certain attractive characteristics, for example, low seismicity and low groundwater movement. The DGR concept is supported by decades of international research and involves complex geophysical and geochemical modeling that is scientifically verified based on both experimentation and several analogs in nature herself. As in nature, a DGR relies upon the multiple barrier concept, which for the Canadian approach means the following. At the heart is the nuclear fuel itself, a robust ceramic resistant to dissolution in water. Next is the sealed metal fuel tubes, resistant to erosion and corrosion, and designed to survive the high temperatures, radiation, pressures, and vibration of over a year inside a reactor core. Next is the emplacement container of the DGR, designed to hold the fuel in the underground conditions for the duration of its hazard. Next is the highly absorbent bentonite clay surrounding the fuel, similar in concept to the clay barrier that protected Saskatchewan's highly concentrated uranium deposits for over a billion years. The final barrier is the overlying 500 meters of rock, chosen to have a number of qualities that impede radionuclide movement. Chief among these is low groundwater movement, taking hundreds of thousands of years for any dissolved radionuclides to reach the surface, and ensuring that radiation levels on the surface remain forever below natural background levels. The concept of rolling stewardship, on the other hand, is a commitment to continuing our monitored surface storage indefinitely, while marking the storage appropriately and communicating this information from generation to generation. 
Rolling stewardship represents a fundamental distrust of the science behind the DGR concept, and unfortunately also some misunderstanding, such as claims that geology is a descriptive science, not a predictive one, which is certainly not true. Rolling stewardship assumes that institutional controls can be maintained on used nuclear fuel in, I can never say this word, perpetuity, or at least until a better option comes along. As part of its initial multi-year consultation with Canadians from 2002 to 2005 to gauge the public view on DGRs versus other strategies, including continued surface storage, Canada's Nuclear Waste Management Organization asked this very question. In general, the result was qualified support for doing something concrete about the long-term hazard while remaining flexible for opportunities to improve our approach as the science progressed. This led to the concept of adaptive phase management being, implant being implemented by the NWMO today. Stewardship versus abandonment, which brings us to the question of stewardship versus abandonment. Stewardship is defined as the conducting, supervising, or managing of something, especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. Abandonment is defined as giving up to the control and influence of another person or agent. While it is true that the DGR concept includes, once emplacement activities are complete, taking the better part of a century, the decommissioning of surface facilities and eventual abandonment of the site, this does not imply that stewardship of the used nuclear fuel ends. On the contrary, the used nuclear fuel will continue to receive the careful and responsible management of the DGR concept for millennia afterwards, developed by thousands of international experts to whom this was entrusted over two centuries of inquiry by the time the first DGRs receive final closure. The used nuclear fuel will be safe from hurricanes, tornadoes, wars, terrorism, earthquakes, and yes, glaciers. It will most likely be, unless society takes major new steps in this direction, the only waste form on the planet with this, long, with this level of long-term security and the only waste form not found in glacial till throughout the continent by civilizations recolonizing the former ice sheet zones in the next interglacial period. On this timescale, the term stewardship clearly has a much broader implication than temporary storage under the watchful eyes of humans. It implies sustainable, long-term protection against forces that will exist long after humans are gone. It implies a sound, conservative, scientific approach that minimizes uncertainties and relies on passive, natural processes. Because the level of certainty regarding loss of institutional control on this timescale is 100%. This is, in fact, geological stewardship. The recognition that we are morally obligated to pursue a long-term solution for used nuclear fuel today, rather than bequeathing this responsibility to future generations, is an important one, but of course is not limited to used nuclear fuel. It applies to everything we do on this planet, including all forms of waste production. It just may be, however, that nuclear waste is the only form of industrial waste for which this responsibility is being acted upon to any significant degree. To ignore this moral obligation today, while the solution is in our grasp, is abandonment. This brings us to the critical observation. Rolling stewardship represents abandonment of our long-term responsibility for managing used nuclear fuel, while geological repositories represent long-term stewardship. So, yep, the next, uh, the next episode that I upload after this one will be my conversation with Dr. Whitlock. And then I think I will follow that up with um, another willing to listen short episode. I can't guarantee it'll be too short. 
Um, but I will kind of talk about my own personal opinions on rolling stewardship versus um, geological repositories and do a little bit of comparison about uh, pros and cons and the risks of each since the risks of rolling stewardship generally tend to be ignored by those who claim that it is the right answer. And that's it for this episode of Willing to Listen South Bruce Proud. I look forward to further investigating Canada's plan for spent nuclear fuel along with all of you. Thanks so much for joining me. And remember, we don't have to agree on anything to be kind to one another. Mm-hmm.